From Chicago, Illinois, this is Think Differently. Welcome to Think Differently, a show that explores people who are challenging the status quo and how they do their work and choose to live their life. From doctors and designers to entrepreneurs and artists, hear the stories, learn the insights, and see what it takes to think differently. Welcome to the first episode of the Think Differently podcast. I am your host, Mark Hands. This is a very special first episode. We have on as a guest, Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, the host of Hush Money, the Pessimist Archives, and Problem Solvers podcast. He is a novelist. He is a writer, an author, a speaker. He talks about everything from storytelling to being accessible, uh, living a life of projects, and everything unique about him. Check it out. Jason, Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Oh, hey, you bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You and I, again, we've been connecting quite a, a while on Instagram. You really embody what I consider thinking differently. You, you, Where you're at right now in life, again, can you just tell people kind of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis for those of them that might not know? Yeah, sure. No, thanks. I really appreciate that. I mean, my day job is that I'm editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. I also host three podcasts. They're called Pessimists Archive, Problem Solvers, and Hush Money. I do or did a lot of speaking. Uh, that's not happening so much during the coronavirus, but hopefully we'll return once we're back to a normal world. Uh, I got two kids, and uh, and I, you know, kind of exploring a bunch of other projects. I had a novel out a, a year or so ago, and uh, you know, just kind of always looking to add and expand and uh, increase the the message. Yeah, and just. By sheer volume of the projects that you have going on, you you embody this life of projects. And one thing that I've always kind of drawn inspiration from you is that even though you are really at this apex of your career, again, editor-in-chief of a global publication, you've written for the largest publications on the planet, you're raising great humans, you're still finding new things to do like every day, whether it's through your Instagram and your sketchbook notes. So if you can kind of back us up a little bit and let us know what was it like either growing up and what were some of those milestones that started to form the way that you think and the way you approach life to get to where you are today? You know, it's funny. I don't think of my path as one that particularly set me up for the thing that I'm doing now. I think that at just some point I realized that I could do things that I found supremely satisfying and that I had a skill and that skill was communication and understanding people and being able to share their stories. And I didn't know what to do with that. And I feel like a lot of my career was me walking around, like holding that skill and just like looking for a place to put it down. And the way that I came to build my career, the strategy that I came to was to recognize and constantly think about the things that I didn't know that I knew uh, I needed to learn. And that the more I would learn and the more I was open to pushing past whatever it was that I already knew how to do and into the things that I didn't know how to do, I knew that I would expand my skill set in a way that was just going to be valuable later. And I didn't really know how it was going to be valuable. And I don't think anybody should necessarily know how something's going to be valuable. You just do it because you should always be building and growing. You should be a constant learner. And so I was. I I, I mean, I, I had this instinct that I wanted to communicate, tell stories, figure out what my voice is, and get to a place where I was more and more speaking from a place of pure 
I don't even know what the right word is, ability. You know, I like I've worked yeah. for a lot of magazines where my job was to execute what the magazine needed. When I worked right. at Men's Health, I was like writing fitness pieces and nutrition pieces. I don't care about that stuff, but that's fine because <laughs> I was doing it to learn particular kinds of writing, particular kinds of editing, but I wanted to get to a point where the things that I was writing were the things that were coming from me. And so I, I just kept learning and doing and trying new things. I mean, I, I have these podcasts because one day I thought, you know, I should probably learn how to do this, even though I didn't really know what it was going to lead to. And, yeah. uh, and yet doing it taught me how to write these scripts and taught me how to speak on mic and taught me how to communicate in this different format. And that opened up all sorts of other doors. So I'm just kind of going, I guess is the point, much like this answer, which doesn't end. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just going, you know, and, and, yeah. and know that I have something that I want to constantly refine and that the more I refine it, the stronger it gets. So that's interesting. You're saying like, I'm going and, and I see it. And and anybody that looks back at, at kind of your pathology, your career, like we can see you going, right? Mm -hmm. We can see you learning all these things. Everything you just said, we, we can see evidence of it. I guess a question is, why is that okay to you? Because most people might not feel that way. I think, you know, to say the most cliche way, I know that, you know, previous generations, they got a job, they had a career, they went to this one place, they worked there, and then they died. Yeah, You're not that way. So what is it in you that makes you feel that that's okay and that that process is, is going to be okay for you? Well, in a way, I mean, I have like two ways to answer that. There's the, there's the philosophical answer, and then there's the really boring... Uh, functional answer. The boring functional answer is that I just discovered that after being in a job for like a year or two, I would hate the job. Uh, I just couldn't stay. Uh, I, I felt like I once I learned the thing that I was learning and showing up at work was just repeating the thing that I already knew how to do, I became really bored. And that even started. To, and at first I thought, well, that's because these first couple jobs are not these are not forever jobs anyway. I was, I started mm -hmm. as a community newspaper reporter. I knew I didn't want to do that. But then when I got to like men's health, for example, that was something I really, really had, had spent years trying to get to, which was not, again, not men's health, but, but working at a national magazine in New York, I, that, that's what I wanted for so long. And I got there and it was thrilling and I loved every second of it. And, uh, a couple years in, I started hating it. <laughs> and, um, Gosh. and it was because I just, I just felt like I, you know, it was like, it was like chewing gum after the flavor had left. It's like now uh, there's just this thing in my mouth, you know? And yeah. uh, and so I needed to go somewhere else. And I just keep repeating that. I, I just that's just in me. And uh, and so eventually I had to kind of come to terms with it. And I think the thing that makes sense to me is that I will hate the thing that I'm doing if I'm not changing it. And the only way to change is to I mean, you could just like truly laterally change. But to me, I want to grow. I want to start building upon the things that I know um, and, uh, and, and define more and more the things that I'm doing, not as me working for somebody else's vision, but me executing my own vision. I, I find that to be tremendously satisfying. Um, and then I just don't like to stop. Uh, and I don't think anybody should stop. I mean, I, you know, right. you should do whatever it is that you 
that satisfies you. And you know, everybody has different goals in life. And if, if your goal is to is to just make a, a comfortable and safe living and work in the same place um, so that you can focus on other things, family or recreational activities or whatever, and work is not a central part of your life, then that's fine. Then, 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 you know, do that. I hope that you found a stable place. I, I don't really believe that there are stable places, but maybe you found one. But if you're not that, then I would, I would really encourage you to embrace that discomfort and let it guide you towards, um, towards things that are more meaningful to you mm-hmm. and know that it's totally okay that it'll never feel like enough. A lot of the things you just said there, I'm kind of looking at them through that lens of a, of, of a entrepreneur being mm-hmm. uncomfortable, being okay to fail, learning, mm-hmm. growing. Uh, and again, saying, Hey, it's okay. It's not for everybody. Some yeah. people, they get that carpeted cubicle and they get that direct line and they get, uh, you know, some health insurance and that's what they need in life. And that is great. But I guess a, the question I have is being at entrepreneur magazine right now, having all these other ventures that, that you're kind of building on your own. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that this point right now in your life is this kind of the most fulfilled you've you've been you only because you had mentioned it men's health like i don't really care about fitness and health but i wanted to learn how to write at a national publication now being at entrepreneur magazine where all those things you just said are kind of in that whole ecosystem you're at is is this a place you feel comfortable at uh yes and no i mean i say I could say at every stage of my career, this is the place that I've, uh, this is like the role that I've been the happiest, (laughs) right? Until, until I'm not, I mean, at men's health prior to that, I had worked at two community newspapers in Boston and then Boston magazine. So yeah, working at men's health was amazing until it wasn't. Uh, and working at entrepreneur magazine is, is fantastic. I mean, this is, this is totally the thing that I was working towards was, was running a magazine and I got it and it's great. And I have, I, you know, I, I don't have that feeling of, uh, of hating it, even though I've been here for, for about four years now. Um, but I, 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 to be honest with you, I think that I might hate it if it was the only thing that I was doing. I, I had to pile ah. these other things on top and I had to, and I had to find a way in which they all made sense. And they do, they make sense to me because now I, I have a, what I feel like is a central mission. And that central mission is to encourage people to embrace and understand change. And that's the thing that drives every element of what I'm doing, whether it's just simple stuff on social media or the podcasts, which are all roughly around that that topic, or um, or Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, I see Entrepreneur Magazine as, as, as part of a broader mission that I have and a message that I, that I feel very comfortable in and uh, feel very strongly about. And that means that I'm satisfied because entrepreneur and this job is, it fits into something that I feel like I've defined rather than me defining myself as, as executing a job. Wow, that is a perfect answer. You would think you tell stories and communicate well for a living. Or something <laughs> like that. That's amazing. Wow. Um, you know, one thing that I, yesterday I was walking with my wife, you know, we, we did go out for a walk yesterday amidst That's the fine. quarantine. We can do we, that. We, yeah. we can do that. We walked around and um, we were, she was like, are you excited for tomorrow to talk to Jason? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited <laughs> oh, to talk fine. to Jason. Thanks. And she's like, tell me about him. And I'm telling her all these things about you. And she looked at me, she goes, I think, or I said to her, I'm like, I feel like I know him more than I know most people in the five block radius around like our house in Chicago. <laughs> and, and what I was saying is that, what I guess what I was saying is it echoes what you just said is that everything makes sense where you're at right now. And when things make sense, to me, they're really genuine, right? Like all, mm-hmm. 
everything that I consume and react to and interact with that you're doing, it just seems to make sense. Nothing comes off as disingenuine, uh, which is really, really interesting to me. And, and and it comes through, I guess what I'm trying to say is it comes through really, really well. So thank you. Well, no, thank you. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. That's a, that's a really wonderful compliment. And, um, but you know what, you know, what's worth knowing about, uh, for anybody who's hearing stuff like that, uh, is that that doesn't happen by accident. You know, like I, I mean, like we all we talk about genuineness and and uh, and authenticity and all that is great. But you know what? That like that's it. it it's not by accident. It's intentional. And mm-hmm. anything that you're seeing that is successful in this world is in some form or another intentional. I mean, I hate these stories where people just say, uh, you know, oh well, I just started putting stuff online and then people loved it and then uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm making a million dollars. Like that's that's not the story. It can't be the story. I mean, I suppose it's possible that there are some small examples of those, but you shouldn't pay attention to them. The reason why you feel like you know me is because. I made this very conscious decision about how I was going to project myself to the world. And I was going to do it in a kind of raw way that um, that mixed insights with personal experience and um, and that and that I, I I came up with a couple words that I wanted to define mm-hmm. the version of myself that people would would have access to. Um, and, uh, and I, and I should explain what that even means, you know, like, yeah, you, I want to hear that for sure. Define, yeah. What are the words? Um, well, the, I mean, the, how- the big one, the big one is accessibility. Um, like accessibility. I, I want people to feel like I am accessible, which is, which is why I respond to everybody's DMS and why I, why I present in the way that I do. I mean, the, you know, my, my editor's letters in the magazine to my, posts on Instagram, they're, they're always trying to mix something that's about me, but in a way in which it's really about you, right? Like everything that I'm sharing about me is really about you in the same way that every time that I write a story about someone, it's not really about them. It's about the reader. Um, I'm looking for these moments of insight that people can take away. Uh, Nobody, nobody should care about me. Right. Like you don't care about nobody follows me because they care about me. You don't follow me because you care about me. You follow me because you care about you and you should. So the thing that I'm offering you are lessons that are filtered through me, but are ultimately applicable to you. You're supposed to be the one who's taking these things back and using them in your own life. That That's the only reason why anybody would pay attention to me. Right. It's not I'm not. Um, I suppose if I was LeBron James, people pay attention to me because I'm me. But 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 that's not why people pay attention to me. That's not why people should pay attention to me. I'm here to help them. So that's what I do. Like that's the version of me that you see in social media, and it's the version of me that I that you see if you read anything that I do, right? I mean, like I've I've functionally, it's me, but I've simplified me down to a kind of predictable, repetitive character that people feel like whenever they tune into, they'll be able to have some takeaway that's relevant to them. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's good. That's just good service journalism. That's what it is. It's service journalism. Um, and so that's what I do. Okay. I feel like I just got like a master class, like a Harvard master class in what you do in the last minute and a half. I, I feel like you just peeled back the curtain on what really great journalism is. And and now that you say it in words, 
it makes sense. Anytime I read an article that you write, whether it's about, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, whether it's about LeBron James, whoever it's about, sure. these big names, these stories, it's not just about telling their story. It's about telling their story in a way that helps the reader gain value. That's insane. I never yeah. realized that. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. it's been hitting you in the face the whole time, but now you say it out loud and I get it. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's basic stuff. I, I, you know, there are a number of ways to do service journalism. There's, there's, um, there's implicit and there's explicit. Uh, and and uh, Men's Health does explicit service, which I don't really like doing. That explicit service is just purely you should do this and then this and then this, and here's five steps to do this and whatever, you know, right. an entrepreneur.com has a lot of pieces like that. Five ways to market your business. Right. That's explicit it's explicit service journalism. And that's fine. It has its place. It's not the thing that I really like to make. I've always liked to make what, what I think of as implicit service journalism, which is to say that it's never really going to address you directly. It's, it's It doesn't feel like a guide, but mm -hmm. it's designed to have takeaways. Like the purpose of it is that you're going to find throughout it all of these things that are relevant to you. So the story that I write about Michelle Pfeiffer and for those, you know, who who don't know, that's not a random example. I I wrote a profile of Michelle Pfeiffer for the cover of the magazine half a year ago. Um that, you know, like Vanity Fair would write a profile that's just about Michelle Pfeiffer. But I'm not that's that's just that's not what I'm doing. That's not the right. purpose of the stories that anybody reads in the magazine. So when I write a story about Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm not really writing a story about Michelle Pfeiffer. What I'm writing about is a story about persistence because that's what that story was about. And the story and that, and the reason why people should read that and take a, take things away from it is because they themselves are also struggling with building a business. And in Michelle's case, she was, she spent like 10 years or something trying to build this, mm -hmm. um, this perfume business. And it was a story of persistence and everybody is looking for that in some way or another. I mean, I, this is, you know, this is everything. Um, everything that I do, the story is never about the thing that it's, that's on its face. I mean, like right now, I'm, I mean, you and I are talking on a Wednesday afternoon and just before we started talking, I was in the middle of listening to the first cut of the next episode of Pessimist Archive, my, my podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it's about refrigeration, but it's, it's not about refrigeration. Like the subject is, is the history of refrigeration because the, the show is a history of why people resist new, new innovations. Um, but it's not about refrigeration. It's, it's about, um, it's about the nature of innovation. And it, and there's also this kind of side element, um, in this episode, which is, um, it's about why people trust things that are natural, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what it is. Um, because I don't think that people care that much about refrigeration, but they do care about innovation and how innovation takes place and why people are afraid of innovation. And, um, and they're also trying to wrap their heads around why people are attracted to things that sometimes don't make sense. Like, but you know, why are we all buying natural peanut butter? And so, um, so like, that's what, that's what it's about. And so everything that I do is not about, it's not about the thing that it's about. It's about something else that like, mm -hmm. to me, if I don't know what that thing is, that other thing, then I'm, then I, I haven't fully wrapped my head around the thing that I'm making. So what I'm hearing a lot of with regard to accessibility, helping other people, you know, again, this idea of kind of like implicit journalism and helping people, it's about helping people. And yeah. so I guess a question that I have is years and years and years from now, we're all going to be gone. People are going to talk about you. They're going to remember you. No, what not. do you want your legacy? <laughs> 
should they talk about they, you? Yeah, you know, yeah. These I two mean, people that are going right. to talk about you. Yeah, no. I mean, they're not. They're not. I mean, it's it's a funny thing. It's a nice. It's like a nice thought, and um, a thing that I I really wrestle with a lot is is just how um how completely how how like little time we. I mean, you know, obviously we have a small amount of time on Earth, but then, but then our like knowledge of us uh, is just is just doesn't last very long. I mean, just you know, think about think about yeah. um. I think about this. I think that I know my parents' names and I know my grandparents' names, and uh, on a good day, I can remember my great grandparents' names, and I do not know my great great grandparents' names, uh, which means that, and that's that's our fate in a couple in a couple generations people will not even remember our names. That's what it is. Which well, is that? I should have known. Yeah, I should have known. I'm talking to a world-class journalist and, and runner. you run Entrepreneur Magazine. I should have had a better question. The question was, <laughs> sure, what, do you want your your what do you want your legacy to be? But let me ask you this, because maybe yeah. it's not about legacy. No, what not. do you want your impact to be? Um, I mean, I, what's, I think you look back on history and you see um, – you see, I think people ultimately kind of fall down into two camps. Um, there are people who seem to um, help advance the ball, and then there were people who, for one reason or another, um, stood in opposition to that. And uh, and I, you know, when when in 100, 200 years from now, when we're all blended together into a single sentence in a history book, uh, I I hope that I was a person who helped advance the ball. I, I, I mean, you know, like this is, I sound fatalistic. I, I would of course love for, I would love to be Shakespeare. You know, I would love to be the person who people are like still studying and obsessing over 500 years later. But like, there are just, there are like, how many Shakespeare's are there? There are like two of them. You know, so um, so like, let's be realistic. Uh, you know, we we can we do the absolute best that we can right now, and um, and we and we should, uh, and we should, we should pass the ball, um, and we should we should encourage, we should do our best, uh, to serve everybody who is sharing uh the same time as we have. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Leads me to my final question. Sure. I'm going to ask you to to finish this sentence for me. Okay. Jason Pfeiffer thinks differently about Jason Pfeiffer. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about that. There's got to <laughs> peel it back just a little bit. Um, I mean, I think that the reason why I have accomplished the things that I've accomplished is because I am able to continue to rethink what it is that I do and um and how I do it. Uh, I, you know, I, I was recently, I was recently interviewing, um, Dwayne, you know, the rock Johnson and his business partner, Danny Garcia. And they have this line that I really love and will continue to repeat, which is that we're not attached to process. We're only attached to outcome. And, uh, and I, that's great. I think that's really great. And, um, and I, I think that that's largely how I've approached myself as well. Um, you know, redefine what the outcome is over and over again. But, uh, you know, at any one time, people will think that you can do one thing, and it's uh, it's if you want to if you want to advance, it's going to be your job to, um, to not, not define yourself uh, so narrowly as well. That is excellent. Jason, thank you so much for your time. You've got so much going on. You've got the Hush Money podcast, Pessimist Archive podcast, Problem Solvers podcast. You have a novel out. You are the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Just quickly tell people where should they go to find you? Um, that's Yeah, well, thanks for all that. Uh, I guess I would say top three things. 
Um, you know, you and I connect on Instagram. That's a great place. I'm really, I'm very active there. People can always reach out. So that's at Hey Pfeiffer, H-E-Y-F-E-I-F-E-R. Um, my website is jasonpfeiffer.com. Good place to just kind of check out everything. And then uh, I, I would, of, of all the podcasts, I would say go check out Pessimists Archive because it just feels most relevant to the moment that we're in, um, which yeah. is a scary, scary time. And, uh, and we're going to need to have a lot of faith in um, new things and innovation to carry us through. Oh, I, I lost it. You, 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 yeah, you froze, you froze for that. But for whatever nice thing you just said, uh, thank you. It's been, it's been a total pleasure. I appreciate you uh, chatting with me. So there it is. The first episode of the think differently podcast. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking a few minutes just to listen. If you dug it, please, the greatest thing you could do is leave a review on either SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify. If you're on YouTube, please go ahead and follow the channel. It's Mark D hands. And as always, if you're digging this, please share it with anybody you think might enjoy it until next time. This is Mark hands, encouraging you to think differently.